0: Hi, Dave Rowe here for Jock Wilson. Welcome to another episode of the Calgary Stampeder Podcast. This week we are looking at a former Calgary Stampeder who has gone on to make a big name for himself in the community outside of football. That's a great thing about the Calgary Stampeders. Look, every team has players that stay in the community after they're playing days they're done and go into business careers. But it seems like the Stampeters are a real leader in that department. And Dave Heesman is a guy who really has accomplished, it seems like, a lot more off the field than he did on the field. He was a member of the Stamps' offensive line in the early 2000s, did win a Grey Cup, left the game after about a five-year career to get going in business, and has been a player in the oil and gas industry ever since. Jock Wilson caught up with Dave Heesman to talk about his work in the community and his work with the Stampeder alumni, also very active in the community with a lot of good causes.
1: Mr. Dave Heesman, how are you today?
2: I'm doing well, Jock. How are you?
1: I am excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining us on the uh, the Calgary Stampeder podcast. A number of things I want to talk about. First of all, uh, take you back to your, to your career in the Canadian Football League. You started with Edmonton, but you ended up joining the Stamps as a free agent. Uh, take us through the story. How, how did you become a Calgary Stampeder?
2: Well, you know, in the 1990, I'm trying to remember if it was, so in the 96 draft, um, the Eskimos took me. And I was playing college football down at Northern Arizona University and I to be honest, I didn't even know it was my draft year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you're when you're playing in the States, you're so focused on I guess the NFL and the opportunities that might come that way. And um that was my junior year. I was certainly talking to some scouts and we roll into spring football and at the end of uh spring football they they huddle everyone up and bring us in and just basically said I want to congratulate Dave Heisman, who's just been drafted by the Edmonton Eskimos. And that's, you know, so a total surprise to me. And uh, of course, originally I thought to myself, oh man, the Eskimos, I'm from Calgary. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, quickly, quickly after those thoughts probably went through my head, I thought to our offensive line coach, and he just said, listen, you get an opportunity to play professional football after college, doesn't matter where it is. Um, whoever's whoever's giving you a paycheck is going to be your favorite team. So, kind of get a, get over it pretty quick, and uh, certainly did. But that's that's how I ended up in Edmonton. Okay. And uh, you know what? We had a we actually had a a really good group of young guys in Edmonton. We we certainly struggled the two years that I was there. the The first year was the K Stevenson. I wasn't even an era; it was a year. But it was when Kay Stevenson had come back. You know, he had coached the Sacramento. They are the gold miners back then, I think. So Kay Stevenson was the head coach, and he brought up his his staff from the States, and we kind of went at it like it was old-time old, old time Arkansas football. And I think we had more guys on the IR the first year than we, uh, we had on the roster. So we beat ourselves up pretty good and trying to get used to, I think, that longer schedule and different style of game. Uh, that staff certainly did struggle with it, but... Um, that that lasted a season, and then they brought in Don Matthews. And that was just a complete culture shock. You know, we went from, you know, hard two-a-days, hitting like crazy, full pads all the time, that old-school mentality to no pads, walk-through, everything at a quick pace. But, uh, you know, Don's motto back then was, you know, if I need to teach you how to hit somebody at this stage of your career, then you shouldn't be here. And uh, he kept us fresh, and it was just—it was just a, a, like I said, a big culture shock. So, but that being said, after my second year in Edmonton, I became a free agent. I've always only signed one year in an option contract, so that I had some options. Um, and I thought, you know, if I'm going to stay up in this league, I'd sure like to get home and come to Calgary. So, during the free agent window, um, we got something to get out pretty quick, and and here I here I come. But Calgary, and uh, yeah, it was great.
1: Well, you know what? And, and it was a great, uh, great deal for Dave. He's been a great deal for, obviously, the Calgary Stampeders as well. You ended up winning a great cup championship in 2001. So you, you obviously were pretty happy with your move.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, um, you know what, to be home, I, I had actually left home when I was 15 years old to go to Notre Dame out in Wilcox, Saskatchewan to uh, become a hockey player of all things. And ended up leaving there with a football scholarship, Um, so he had to be home after all those years of going from, you know, to Saskatchewan as a 15 year old kid, right from there down to Arizona for five years, up to Edmonton, finally back to Calgary. It was, it was great to be home, great to be back with family and friends, and you know, it was. But it was an interesting transition, Jock, because we had, you know, we had a, a young group of guys up in Edmonton. We did lots of stuff every night. We kind of had that that real team mentality um, with the guys. And back in in those days, you know, you look back to 2000, and the Stampeders had such a a mature roster of veterans and guys that were established here forever, careers off the field. It really was like coming to work. You know, guys guys didn't hang around much after uh, practice was over. They went home to their families and everything, you know what I mean? So it was it was actually quite an adjustment for a younger player just because you come from the opposite in Edmonton of we had such a, a core group of young guys. It was once practice was over, then where are we going? What are we doing? And we kind of had this brotherhood. And it took me a little bit to adjust to that in Calgary of, uh, you know, watching all those guys kind of just take off. And you know what? We came to work every day and we saw each other in the locker room and that was on the road and that was kind of it.
1: Oh, that's uh, that's a great start. okay, you, you, gotta, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta expand. How does a, a guy go to Notre Dame as a hockey player and come out as a football player? like uh, you you obviously were a big bruising defenseman or something because I, I I don't see you as a small petite uh, you know high scoring forward.
2: No, you're right. I, I like to uh, I like to catch them with their head over the middle, right? You take that cross ice path, you're gonna probably get crushed. So that that was. Uh, I, I just grew up playing hockey and lacrosse and all kinds of different sports. And you know, I tell guys today, and I you know, I I was actually just out in Wilcox um, addressing Notre Dame, addressing the student body while I had a conference in Regina and sort of tell my story, but it's. Um, it's very interesting because when you look at that time, we didn't have the minor football um, system that Calgary has now. So, oh. not you know playing hockey right into high right into high school. I guess thinking you're going to be this hockey star. It's because I I didn't even have an opportunity to play football. Hmm. We had band of football in the city, but I don't know if you remember back in the day they had a weight limit. That's right. That's um, right playing football so for me I couldn't play tackle football because I think it was 150 pounds if you're 150 or over you couldn't play well that's you know even if it's some of these kids these athletes today 150 pounds isn't very much no it's um not. yeah and I think there's still a limit imposed on those kids that you just have to play within the lines so the first time I got to strap it up wasn't until grade 10 so that's an interesting story in itself because you know what the reality is so many athletes today specialize in one thing and they think if i don't play this sport year round almost i don't have a shot at it but you know i guess i'm proof to say that here i was in grade 10 putting on a helmet for the first time and three years later walked away with a division one scholarship and had some opportunities in the pros so
1: I I, I I love uh, the message. Certainly, an interesting journey. Yeah. You know, I, I love the message because you're right. Uh, too many kids do specialize in this day and age. And I know some sports you have to, but uh, boy, if you can play lacrosse, you can play hockey, you can play football, you can you know uh, uh, go kick a soccer ball around. It's 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 a good thing, you know, to uh, you know not be so so focused on on one sport. And anyway, Dave, let's let's continue on with your journey here because uh, you played a few seasons with the Stampeders and then you you ended your career with the BC Lions in 2004. Well, why did you make that jump?
2: Well, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to make that jump. Um, but, you know, there's tons of time in a guy's, I guess, career, whether it be in business or, I guess, in sports or just in life in general. But, it's, you know, we like to say it's out of the principle of the, of the matter. And what was happening, as much as I was set up now in Calgary, you know, like we talked about, we won a Grey Cup, um, established here, family, we hadn't quite had kids yet, off the field career. Everything was going perfect. No reason to leave. Um but that was the Federick era, right? So oh, when yes. we won that cup in 01, that was the changeover from from Sig um to to Michael Federick. And um Gong show that was just Yeah, that was that was a tough year. Like oh two we brought in Jim Barker and uh no sorry oh three after a while we left in oh two. And, you know, then you had Fred Fateri and all those you know, it was it was really tough. So I was again a, a free agent and I started thinking, geez, if I if I have an if I have a say in this, you know, do I do I want to be here? And, you know, my heart obviously as a was saying, yes, I wanna be here, hometown guy. But they had hired Matt Dunigan as the head coach and GM and it was just a real struggle to try to to get something done with with Matt. And we, we certainly had a deal on the table that just, but it didn't make sense uh, for myself, you know, as a veteran guy, and um, the message they were delivering was kind of all wrong, mm. and it was, what I found really interesting was um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name, okay. uh, Brian Clark. Brian Clark and I had the same agent, so you're trying, so he's negotiating a deal with, with Brian, and Then trying to tell my agent that that's not available, like the Stampeders just simply aren't doing that, period, for anybody. (laughs) When we're talking on my end, and my agent's saying to me, I don't understand this guy. Like, I just signed this deal four days ago. Now he's trying to tell me it doesn't exist. Like, it was just, it was strange times, let's put it that way. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I could just tell you stories. I could go on and on about some of the stories. It was, you know, so we decided uh Wally of course had reached out and as much as I didn't want to make the move I still wanted to to keep playing and he needed a guy so we uh I basically told my agent I said well here's here's the deal we'll we'll sort of put this offer out there that I know for sure Wally's not gonna not gonna agree to this right it was quite a quite a bit across the board on many different sort of phases of the contract and my agent said, okay, well, you know, if he takes this, you, you're going to be a BC line. Like There's no getting out of this. I said, oh, I, I'm not worried about this. Like, Wally's never going to agree to this. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, he calls me back and says, well, congratulations! You're a BC Lion.
1: Oh my goodness, that's hilarious! That is hilarious. Uh, any, anyway, there's so many great stories to talk about, and and you know I think you're a really really good story, Dave, because you know you 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 took advantage of your NC, uh, NCAA scholarship. You know you got your business degree, and you know you played professional football, and then you used your business degree, and you came back to Calgary. You worked for NMAX. and now you work for Husky Energy, and 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 that's really capitalizing on your opportunity isn't it
2: oh absolutely you know and I tell I tell young guys today I said you know guys you know this thing's not going to last forever and obviously being up in our league you're you're going to need to be doing something else off the field you know it's it's not going to set you up for the rest of your life um, long term unless you know maybe you're one of the high high pay quarterbacks or something like that but um, so what I tell guys is how many times do you sit down at a corporate table and host throughout the year, right? Fundraisers, the quarterback luncheon, all the different things that the club does with the with the business community. And it's really taking advantage of those opportunities to network, especially in Calgary, because Calgary is such a huge network city that, you know, the the job or the the opportunity you're looking for, you're not going to find in the paper. You're not going to find maybe with a recruiter you're going to find it through your network of guys and who you know. And the more talking to people you can do and spending FaceTime and just showing them who you are as a person goes a long way. And um, that's really how I got started, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, the MX Connections came through a corporate event that we were doing and the rest is sort of history. So right. lots of opportunities for these guys. Um, as long as they don't get pigeonholed into that sort of thought of, I don't need to do anything else because I think if you want to make a a career of it and you want to stay in Calgary and you want to be in the community, then, then reach out, you know, build a career. So when you transition, you're already transitioned. It, You're not it, transitioning at 33, 35 years old.
1: It, it's so true. And and you know what? You know, I, that's why I really, really respect Canadian Football League players, because there are so many givers, and, and, and they want to give back, and they want to get involved in the community. And, and, and you obviously did that in your career, and you, and you set yourself up here in Calgary, Dave. And, you know, and, and, and that transitions us now to our conversation with the Calgary Stampeder alumni. You know, you've been involved with the alumni for a long time, and now you've taken over as the president. How, how important is that for you to give back?
2: Well, you know, being a Calgary guy, especially I've I've always said being able to give back to the community is is one of the biggest things that we need to do as as athletes, especially being in our hometown. And um you know, being connected to the alumni and the football club, you know, this is this is a part of our of our of our life, right? I mean, so I, I it's it's huge to me. I, I like being in contact with the club, still. I like getting to know all the different generations of guys, of players, Um, you know, guys who maybe I played with for a year. And we were just sort of changing scenes in terms of people are retiring. I'm coming in and, and, you know, you get to meet guys across the league and uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And it's something that I definitely have a passion for. Um, And that's, you know, going to the games, taking my kids. We didn't have kids when I played and I, I kind of missed out on that, you know, when you see guys in the locker room with their kids. But, you know, I got to do it now and, and having that connection. So with the club, we, you know, they, they've they been in the locker room. They've been on the sidelines. They kind of understand, okay, this was, this is a, this is a big deal, right? Um, so I, I think it's great. Right. I, I really enjoy it. And I, I love that my family is now kind of as connected to it as I am.
1: I think it's fantastic. Now, the Alumni Association, I believe it was founded in 1975. Uh, you have more than 250 members. You know, like 150 of these guys still live in Calgary. Uh, what's the mission of the alumni? For those that don't know, because, I, you know, everybody knows about your golf tournament. They they know about the Wall of Fame dinner. But, uh, truly, what is the mission of the uh, Calgary Stampede Alumni?
2: You know, our, our mission is really just to be able to provide support and give back in whatever way we can to the community and to minor football. And it's that simple. You know, we're a, we're a football alumni association. And first and foremost, amateur football is, is where we should hang our hat. Um, we certainly have some other initiatives outside of that. But, you know, we've worked on those. You know, the Shoal Ice Fields project was a huge one for us. Um, we're, we're through that now. And we're working with, with that team to, to look at maybe some other options that are coming down, which will really impact minor football possibly around um, might, it would also probably like likely impact the, the Peters and, and trying to sort of brand them with them. But so it's about football. It's about community giving back. And especially with the youth, right? like, you look at Tony runs his camp every year and um, the kids just love it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get a lot of fun. It's going out and, and coaching these kids being a part of it. Uh, show them your ring. If your gray cup shows up even better. But for us, that's, that's really what it's all about.
1: Hey, Dave, this has been so much fun. Uh, I, I could keep you on for another half an hour, but I know you got things to do. I got things to do. Thanks so much for uh, sharing your stories with us here today.
2: Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jock. Appreciate it.
0: That's all our time this week. Check us out next Thursday as we drop another brand-new Calgary Stampeder podcast. Find it at all your favorite podcast locations, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and tune in. Download it from the website as well. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you take some time out to rate the show and leave a comment with us. If you really like the podcast, make sure you tell a friend to check us out leave suggestions for future shows. We're always willing to hear what you have to say. For Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe, and that's it for this week's Calgary Stampeder podcast.